Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, ideas for future episodes, uh, please contact us. Two easy ways to do that. Email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition. Again, the email address, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us, SFDiocese, use the hashtag Ignition. Um, I'm, again, Chris Bergwald. I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese. Normally, I have Father Andrew Dickinson, who's our priest chaplain um, at the Newman Center in Brookings, South Dakota State University, with us. Um, he couldn't be here today, so I got another Jack, I think. Yeah, I did. Uh, <clears throat> Jerry Klein is sitting across the table from me. Hello, Jerry. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And good night. And good night. Uh, <laughs> so, um, for those of you who listen to the show uh, that the diocese also produces, uh, Catholic Views, the tables are turned. This is so weird, Chris. Now I am the master. This is so weird. I don't know. It's going to take a little getting used to. So Jerry, uh, and I'm going to let Jerry introduce himself and, and uh, what he does here at the diocese, what he's done at the diocese. Um, just the good things, though, Jerry. Um, and, and just a little bit. Uh, but but normally, he's the host for Catholic Views, and I've been on that show a few times, and normally he's interviewing me. But, but I liked the idea, jokingly, of turning the tables, but actually I'm really forward to... Looking forward to this conversation. But before we dive in, Jerry, because what we're going to do is let people um, give people an opportunity to hear a little about your story. We talk a lot, you and I, on Catholic Views, um, and as listeners of Ignition know, that we talk a lot about people's story and the importance of of telling your story as an easy, basic way to share the faith. Before we get into that, though, who are you? You want to know my story? (laughs) We'll, we'll, We'll get to that. Uh, gosh, do you want the, uh, the, the, the long, but this could take a while. This could take a while. So let's just start. Cause with, I'm kind of an old guy. What do you do? <laughs> what, what you how long have you worked at the diocese? I have been here, uh, plus 23 years, plus more than, more than, more than 23 years. And what roles have you held and do you currently hold with the diocese? Uh, I was chancellor for 17 years and, uh, since 2010, I have been the delegate for communications and social ministries. So, uh, working with all the different, uh, tools that we have to communicate, uh, including the Bishop's Bulletin, TV Mass, radio, um, the web, and all the, all the other social media tools that we use. And then uh, on the social ministry side, working with Catholic Family Services and uh, all of our outreach ministries uh, that connect to the different uh, social justice issues, uh, feeding, housing, you know, those kinds of things. Okay. So how many years total with the diocese, did you say? Uh, I started in, in uh, late April, early May of 1993. Uh, some people that are listening weren't born then. I, I'm well aware of that. So I'm well aware of that. 24, 25? No, 23. 23, 23 years. Yeah, a little there's, over 23 years. Yep. 23 years uh, you've been working for the diocese. But longer than that for the church because I actually spent um, seven and a half years working for the right. Archdiocese of St. Right. Paul, Minneapolis. So I'm, I'm over 30 now. Uh, doing uh, a diocesan ministry. And, and to be clear here, and if, if you've never uh, uh, somehow escaped the notice of who Jerry Klein is, as a layman, as a husband, as a father. Correct. I, uh, I have a beautiful wife, Jean, and uh, we have four children. Uh, 
Michael, Joseph, Peter, and Emily. Uh, they're all uh, off doing their uh, things as uh, young adults, and um, yeah. So they're all they're all uh, all out of the household, out, out of the house. Yeah. Um, literally out of the house. Are they all out of the house? Okay, not quite literally. <laughs> Uh, there's, we there's, won't pick on anybody. <laughs> there are some transitions that uh, you know that uh, uh, we we always welcome them home if if they need to be home for a while. Very uh, well said, Dad. As uh, as they uh, transition in life, so good for you. So what I really part of what I want to get at, Jerry, is for people to hear about why why you've given thirty years of your professional life to the church. I, I find that incredibly compelling. Interesting that you use the word give. I, I wouldn't use that word. I would say that I have blessed. Oh. I have been blessed to be able right. to participate in the right. in the work of the church. And and I really have to say I've always thought of it that way. Um, it has not seemed unusual to me. Right. Uh, partly because it's it's uh, it's what I've known. Although I I did have other jobs right. uh, prior right. to, prior to that. So I I know what it means to work in the secular world as well. But uh, it has always been sort of um, uh, second nature, I, right. gu- I guess I'd say. Right. Especially at this point. It's certainly at this point. <laughs> yeah. So what I want to do to, to get there now, I want to back up and and um, well, let you tell a little bit of your story about growing up. Because I, I, I know that you grew up, obviously, well, I should say obviously, because it wouldn't be obvious to the listeners. You grew up in a Catholic household. So I, I'd like you to sort of start us at the beginning and tell a little about how you grew up and and what faith meant in the Klein household, and and again, I it almost it, it's it's um, it's such a given that yeah. it was never anything that was um, deeply thought about. Now, there's 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 I think good and bad about that. Sure, uh, that that you in a sense take it for granted, and you maybe don't think as deeply about some things as you ought to because it is such a part. Of of who I was, who my parents were, who their parents were, right. and back and back and right. back uh, generations uh, have have. Um, it's fascinating, and I'll just as an aside, almost um, I had a chance. My wife Jeannie and I had a chance to travel in Europe uh, to uh, kind of looking up heritage, if you will, fa- family mm-hmm. family mm-hmm. histories, and to be in the church in uh, in Silverhausen Silberhausen, Germany, where my uh, great grandfather and great grandmother uh, were both baptized mm. in about 1850 or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was a tremendously moving moment for me because uh, they are buried in the cemetery uh, uh, in Del Rapids, where I grew up. Right. And so I had, you know, many times been at their gravesite right. and to be at the site where they were baptized. There's something about that continuity right. uh, of the faith that's really. Uh, powerful grew up on a farm um was a farm boy outside of uh, between uh, del rapids and garrison uh went to saint mary's in del rapids for school and um got a great grounding i would say in in uh, in life so you're um you've got several siblings yeah i'm the youngest of six yeah. uh my uh, brother uh is the oldest in the family he passed away uh four years ago and then i have four sisters um, and all so, scattered. All sc- <laughs> scattered. Um, how, I would curious how far uh, uh, to the coasts. Oh, uh, you, they are one, okay. one, uh, one in the San Francisco Bay Area, and one in Virginia. Oh, wow. Uh, one in Aberdeen, and one in Stillwater, Minnesota. 
So they they really are scattered. They are scattered. Wow. Yeah. Where where had your brother lived? Remind me. In Dale Rapids. Dale, okay. Yeah, he so, was the only one that stayed around. Okay, gotcha. Stayed around home. So tell me a little bit about. So you you've you mentioned and and I, later I'm, I'll be curious to hear what you see as some of the challenges where the faith is so second nature. Um, but how was it lived out? You mentioned you went to Catholic school, but I think I also know what I do know of your story from the time we've worked together and just talking about things. Um, I know that your parents were very faith filled. They were. So how. At, how at home um, did you did looking back now as an adult yourself? Mm-hmm. How did your parents? What did they do to create the atmosphere of faith in the Klein house? Well, uh, certainly, a, a, just a, as I said, a deep commitment to the faith. They were, um, you know, absolutely faithful about about church, uh, not just on Sundays but um, other uh, occasions too. If there was something going on at the parish, we were likely there. Right. Um, if there were. Um, um, you know, special special events during Lent or or Advent or whatever, we 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 pretty much would always be there. Uh, prayer in the home, of course, uh, the Rosary was was frequently said. Uh, I can still uh, very clearly in my mind remember kneeling uh, in the dining room. Uh, we would use the chairs. We would we'd take the mm. chairs and we'd turn them around, and we we could use the chairs, but we were on our knees mm. uh, to uh, to you know to kind of prop ourselves up, if right. you will. Still, still remember that as just as clear as a bell. Right, uh, doing that uh, from from young years on, and then uh, perhaps as important was the way that my parents treated other people and the generosity that they exhibited in how they cared for people um, in all kinds of ways. Um, certainly, family, but but neighbors and others uh, as well. My mother was forever taking things to people, and um, and dad too, for that matter, doing right. doing things for other people right. made an impression. Right, right. So, so you grew up sort of the, the soil was rich in which you were planted, if you will. Yeah, um, it'd be my own dang fault if it didn't work out. <laughs> That's right. It'd be all on you. <laughs> it would be all on me. It probably is all on me, as, as, as the truth uh, be known. But so, tell me a little about. So, I um, moving forward in your life, high school and then college age. How, to what degree, because that's always, um, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, as true then as it is today, although today has its unique challenges, that baton passing as young people come of age and their fa- their parents' desire for them to, to live out their faith, to own their faith themselves. Um, how well, how easily did they manage to, well, how well easily did you receive the baton from them? Was it pretty seamless or did you have, frankly, the, what's common today at least, of of maybe dropping the baton a little bit and having to pick it up. No, I'd say it was it was pretty seamless, okay. and and again, it was a uh, it was a it was such a given that I I don't know that I gave it a whole heck of a lot of thought. Uh, it became as it was for them, for me, it became second nature uh, or or first nature almost. Uh, I, I would say that it was um, a very much. Um, I, I what I do remember though, Chris, is that that kind of aha moment. And I couldn't tell you what age I okay. was. Um, Were you still at home? Oh yeah. Probably, you know, probably somewhere in my early teens, okay. I would say where you, where you, where you kind of come to that awareness that my life is my own. And, and if there's something to be made of it, I'm going to have to do it. Right. You know, it's, it's uh, parents aren't going to always make decisions for you. They aren't always going to be, be even be there for you. And that you have that kind of individual responsibility. Um, 
I, I don't know exactly what age I was. I can't I can't give you the moment. But you were so probably junior high, maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking high maybe somewhere okay. early high school, okay. junior high, early high school, okay. something like that, where that kind of became uh, clear to me. Out of curiosity, so you mentioned you're the youngest of six. Um, to what degree? Maybe, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But what degree did your older siblings' journey impact you that way? Was it primarily from your parents, or was it also siblings? Oh, I think uh, I think also siblings. Um, um, one of my sisters is a professed religious, uh, and actually two of them were in community for for a time, and so certainly that um, left an, a mark on me as well. When I was when I was ten years old, uh, nine and ten years old, I remember uh, very vividly uh, driving to Aberdeen mm. uh, at least once a month. We would go to Aberdeen. We would get up very early on a Sunday morning and do the chores. And then we would we would get to Aberdeen in time for the ten o'clock mass uh, at uh, Presentation Heights, We'd spend the day, and then drive home. Mm. Uh, and and we did that once a month because that's oh. what they were allowed right. uh, to, right. see, to see mom and dad and, and the rest of us once a month. Wow. So that, I'm 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 sure that that you know somehow made an impression Impact. in my yeah. mind, certainly of the value of religious life and the value of committing yourself to something. So you, you somehow, whatever age of the baton gets passed successfully, seamlessly to you, um, as you're now finishing high school, looking to college, um, of course, this is a common time when young people discern, mm-hmm. all right, God, what do you want me to do with my life? It was very clear to me that God wanted me to go to South Dakota State University and be a jackrabbit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you've been waiting is- for me to say. And and I know as I sit here in the place of Father Andrew Dickinson, yeah. how pleased he will be to hear those words. He, he, he certainly will. Uh, I'm I'm sort of serious about that, though. Yeah. That I, I did feel a very strong call. I, I wanted to study journalism, and uh, South Dakota State has had the only accredited journalism program in in South Dakota, and so it it, it became an easy decision for me uh, to go there. Okay, and um, got involved with the Newman Center really right off the bat, and. Um, um, so at that time, was it, because uh, for a while, the Dominicans, Dominicans ran yep. it. Dominicans right? were still running the okay. Newman Center at that time. Okay. Had uh, some, some uh, uh, I think, two or three priests that were there during the okay. time that I was there. Different, okay. different ones that kind of came and went. Okay. So so you went to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, your college experience, as you continue, so journalism major, um, how did you continue to discern God's will in the midst of college life? Yeah, and so that's about this time, and I, again, I can't pinpoint it for you, but uh, somewhere in the back of my head, I, I have this little nag, a uh, little little uh, nagging thought that maybe I ought to um, think about going to the seminary. Okay, um, I, I was pretty good at pushing it as far back <laughs> in my head as, as I could. Uh, and uh, and succeeded in doing that really all the way through college. Okay. Um, and so you um, finished your undergrad at South Dakota State. I did. Okay. I finished my undergrad. I had a, a double major in journalism and history. Okay. One for work, one for fun. Yeah. And <laughs> um, a minor in political science. And uh, I, I had some really really terrific opportunities uh, at South Dakota State. At that point, it was before South Dakota Public Radio existed as a unified right. kind of system, and so uh, Brookings. SDSU had its own station, right? And I had just great opportunity to uh, to you know kind of learn the skills of of being on radio, um, uh, of news reporting, you know, all those things that eventually you know became very uh, helpful to me in my career as I moved on after college and became uh, and became a, a news reporter for uh, 
for radio. Gotcha. You're listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the New Evangelization. I'm Chris Bergwald, and interviewing today Jerry Klein, uh, just hearing a little bit of his story. As we mentioned at the top of the program, Jerry's spent 30-plus years working as a layman um, for the church, and what a blessing it's been for him. And just talking right now about the transition from college to, uh, we'll hear a little bit about um, his, his time in seminary. If you have questions about today's episode, though, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, at us, sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition. So, Jerry, you're starting to think a little bit. By the way, one question I'm going to want to come back to before we end today, um, and I, I want you to, I'd be curious to hear the evolution to, of two things throughout your life um, when we get to the end of the journey, at least to today, okay. I should say. All right. The, the growth in your personal prayer life and, and the evolution of it, and then the thing that you, you and I often talk about on Catholic Views, um, discipleship and the personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how that's grown and matured the, over the course of your life. But I want to hold off with that. Okay. Uh, so you, you start to think about priesthood and you do... You were in the seminary for a time. I was, but but really, I think what really led me there was uh, I got involved uh, after I graduated and was working uh, in Sioux Falls for a radio station. I got involved with a young adult, a Catholic young adult group mm. uh, that had a tremendous influence, uh, I think, in the direction of my life because um, I encountered people who, in a sense, in a, in a sense, felt the same way about faith as I did. Right. Um, understood, in a sense, their relationship. And it was a day when, you know, it was this is post-Vatican II, but not long right. after post-Vatican right. II. So there's there's kind of new things that are that are available to lay people that, that hadn't really been available before. Right. Uh, and so we, we um, w- w- this group got involved with putting on retreats yep. and, uh, and, and to be a part of, of that, the, kind of the... Uh, the the leadership, if you will, of putting some of that together was was a big influence on me, and and as a result, it led me to a deeper prayer life, and and the idea that it, if I was ever going to satisfy myself, uh, that I needed to check out the seminary, okay, you know, that I that I needed to to give it a try. I, I didn't really have a great image of myself being a priest, and I know uh, vocations guys will tell you that that's kind of an important thing, yeah. But I still needed to go check it out. Sure, and um, and so I did. How, for how, how long were you in seminary? So because I had an undergrad uh, uh, from uh, from a state school, I didn't have the the I didn't have the Latin, I didn't have the philosophy, I right. didn't have some of those things. So I spent three semesters at uh, IHM in Winona, okay, at St. Mary's College, and then uh, spent one year at St. Paul Seminary in okay. theology, okay. Yeah. Uh, and and while you were there, you you get to know some seminarians from the diocese of Sioux Falls who today are priests for the diocese. Oh, I did. Of course, I knew a bunch of them anyway. Sure, uh, because I was I was from here, and um, and the pre I, and I had gotten to know a lot of the priests too. Sure, uh, through that time. Okay. Yeah. So, but you you test that, and then you discern out. Obviously, I did. I did. I uh, I was in the in the J term of my year of theology. And, uh, I, I can remember the moment when, cause I'd, I'd really, really, really wrestled with whether right. I ought to be in the seminary at all. And I remember the moment, uh, Father Jerome Ditburner, who God rest his soul, anybody that went to St. Paul seminary remembers, um, uh, one way or another, uh, he, he left an impression on you, but he, he made the remark about how we all want to live the best life that we can. Uh, but that we can't always do that. Right. We have to. We have to 
make the best decision that we can and make and and you know you can and, and you can live a good life regardless of what and somehow that was freeing for me i was able to kind of look at the whole frame of my life in a bit of a different way it's just like it's like you turn the yep. the the picture that's hanging crooked and you straighten yep. it up and you go oh that's how now it looks, looks like. clear i can right. see right. you know and so that was uh, that was kind of the moment for me when i i, I knew i could move on with life and and, uh, and trust that um, god was going to be pleased if i simply you know, did the best I could. So did you just professionally, I don't want to spend much time uh, on the professional side, but did you pretty quickly go to work for the archdiocese then, or was there a time where you're in the cities yeah. doing other work? Oh, it was. Uh, and by now, so I've, I've pretty much exhausted any small savings that I'd had, you know, <laughs> right. uh, at that point. So I was kind of living hand to mouth. I was doing temp jobs. I was doing anything while I looked for a full-time job and uh, was lucky. Uh, so I left school, what, in early May, and by late September, I, I got the job with the Archdiocese. So yeah. professionally, you were there for seven plus years. Then you came to, back to Sioux Falls, um, worked for the diocese for 23 years here. And in the meantime, um, while I'm working for the Archdiocese, I met I met on a blind date this yes. beautiful young lady yes. from Winter, South Dakota. Yes. Uh, two South Dakota kids meeting on a blind date. You think that's not meant to be? In St. Paul, Minnesota. In St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's great. God is so good in that regard of... Of uh, you know, bringing us together, and Jeannie and I both look back on that and go, "Well, I, obviously, we're supposed to be together." Meant to be, yeah, meant to meant to be. How long have so been? we started raising a family. We started having children. And it's like we kind of think we want to be back in South Dakota, right? So that you came home, and we came home. We were lucky enough to be able to come home. How long have you been married? Uh, we are at twenty nine years. Twenty nine years. Yeah. Not holding, just 29. <laughs> We're currently at 29 years. We are not holding. Okay. We are moving forward every day. Okay, so what I want to do, um, and, and I think this can incorporate then some of your life uh, as, as a husband and a father, um, the experiences that you had growing up, as I mentioned earlier, your own prayer life, your personal relationship with Jesus, talk a little bit about the, the evolution of all of that throughout your life and up to and including the last 29 years. So it is as deep as my parents' faith was, uh, and as, and as, you know, significant as the Catholic faith was in our household, the idea of that personal relationship with, with God was not certainly part of what they had grown up right, with, right. or that was part of what they, you know, uh, made sure that they instilled in us. That, that was something that really, again, I think in the post-Vatican II world, we were a little more aware of right. and open to uh, that possibility. Uh, but I have to say that's been you know, such a meaningful a part of my spiritual journey is, is understanding that in a whole different way. Um, I love the way uh, Bishop Swain and, and, frankly, most bishops that I have worked with through the years talk about the person of Jesus Christ mm. and the need for us to have a relationship with him. Pope Francis talks about that yeah, right. all the time. Right. That that's very meaningful to me, and and uh, and has been a big influence on the development of my own spiritual life. I would say. So was that something also like sort of the baton passing? Was that just sort of a gradual growth for you over the years, or was yeah. there an, uh, any any big awakenings? For yeah, you it probably fits and starts. You know, it's yeah. kind of if you look at the graph of of that, if you could graph it, you'd, you'd have some peaks, you'd yep. have some valleys, and and. Um, um, Certainly, seminary was a, was a was a great time for me, and I, I I've talked about this with with you and with others. Uh, don't ever think that 
that if you go to the seminary and don't end up being a priest, that it's wasted time. Right. I draw on that experience, you know, still today. Right. Uh, certainly from the from the um, intentionality of 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 prayer life, of being faithful to a prayer life, and I won't say that I've always lived that as well as I could or or should, but I I remember that very clearly from my seminary days and and how peaceful that felt to me to be in that pattern of 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 everyday praying an hour you know that's tough when you're when you're a parent right um but it's a it's a great thing so what advice um so you, you, none of your kids are married yet nope. uh if they get to that point what advice would you give to them so i'm thinking now of, of you know the young um, the young adults who are about to enter into marriage or just newly married about that balancing as, as you enter. And we only got a couple of minutes left, but I, I'm really curious to hear Jerry, what your advice is to people in that situation as the, their life changes that way about how they stay rooted in their faith life. You mean as they get busy? Yeah. Yeah. Basically as they get busy. Uh, it, it, part of it is trying to figure out how, Regardless of what you're doing, it's 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 with that intention of, of prayer, and and of, I mean you can be changing a diaper, and it can be uh, a prayer, right? In, in that sense, so it's it's part of it's the attitude I think, right? Part of it's the intentionality, um, part of it is you know even in a very very busy life you can find five minutes, ten right. minutes, right? To to grab one of the many resources that are out there online or in a in a book form or or just simply read 10 minutes of scripture, uh, speak to God from your heart for 10 minutes a day. I think most of us can find the time to do that. It's just making the commitment to do it. And are those things that you found you were able to do as you were in the, with your kids? Yeah, the- I would say I grew in that a bit. Um, I think there was a time when that wasn't true for me. Yeah. Um, but as the kids, my brother used to always tell me, because he was older and had already been through it, um, he said, as your kids get bigger, uh, sort of their problems. And, right. and so, you know, uh, part of it is you just get so desperate for the, <laughs> for the help of God in a way, uh, that, you know, you can't get through it without it. And you start to pray and it becomes, it just becomes part of the routine. Um, just, yes. So making it part of the daily routine so that when life's challenges come, it's stuck there a bit more firmly. One of the images that stays in my head also, Chris, is uh, I still remember my parents, and, and, and I'm telling you, every night before bed, I don't care what age they were, I remember them kneeling by the side of their bed doing their night prayers. Right. They were absolutely faithful. I, I, I can still remember that, and it still means something to me that that's how faithful they were. And did you, I mean, and did you model that yourself? I tried to. Yeah. Again, I probably, there's a lot of things I probably could have done a lot better as right. a parent. Right, But you do the best you, you can. You do the best you can. Yeah. Um, we've got about 20 seconds left. Any, any final parting words of wisdom, Mr. Klein? You know, just stay open is, is the best thing I can say. The God leads you if you right. let him. Uh, and, and that's the one thing that I have found. You, you look back on life and you go, my goodness, that's amazing how God led me to that and through it. And if you stay open, uh, it makes all the difference in the world. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, email us, ignition at sfgothic.org, or tweet at us, sfdiocese. Use the hashtag Ignition with any thoughts, questions, or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.